The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all of the bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. But the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. The wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some yourselves. And while they went out, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came along saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, o Christ. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It will not come as a surprise if I begin by acknowledging that over the last week we have all of us been uh, focused on and preoccupied with the national election. Uh, I want to begin my reflections this morning, though, by lifting up um, some of the other events that have been happening in the lives of people here at St. Philip the Deacon. So, for example, on Wednesday morning, um, the day after the election, I met with someone from the church who is now going through an unexpected divorce after many years of marriage. Uh, on Thursday, I received a prayer request from a member whose uh, middle-aged uncle, not much older than I am, died unexpectedly and suddenly. Later that same night, I received news of a member whose cancer has metastasized and is spreading. And throughout the week, I was in touch with someone regularly who had just undergone a surgery and uh, was and continues to recovery from, or recover from that surgery. For me, all of those events, all of those uh, connections, those correspondences, had the effect of putting the election into uh, perspective. The election is not going to reconcile the couple getting a divorce. It isn't going to bring a beloved family member back to life. It isn't going to stop the spread of cancer. And it isn't going to speed recovery from surgery. And so I was reflecting on how these particular events in the lives of our members were putting the election in perspective uh, for me in what you might call a micro level, the level of individual lives. And that got me thinking about how our faith also and always has a way of putting events like elections and other things into important perspective from a more macro or global level. 
Consider this morning, for example, where we find ourselves in the church year. Um, As we've discussed many times before, the church calendar, the flow of the liturgical year, is one important way that we order our lives and calibrate time and, yes, put the events of our lives into perspective. Now, today is not a special holiday in the church year. It is not Easter or Christmas or Pentecost or All Saints or Trinity Sunday, but It is one of the Sundays leading up to the end of the church year. And what that means is that in these final weeks of the church year, the church appropriately focuses on the end times, on Jesus' return, on the day of judgment. Our readings today, and thank you Chelsea and Anne for uh, helping us with those readings, and thanks to all of you who continue to help us with those. We think that's a wonderful addition to our worship life right now. But our readings for today all focus on that theme in some way, that theme of end times or judgment. Next week, there will also be readings about the end times. And then on November 22nd, the final Sunday of the church year, we'll celebrate Christ the King Sunday, or it's sometimes called the Reign of Christ, R-E-I-G-N, the Reign of Christ Sunday. And again, all of the readings on that Sunday will point us to the last things, to the day of judgment, to the time when, as we say in the creed, Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead and whose kingdom will have no end. All of which, again, I think, helps to keep this life and everything associated with it in perspective. Now, one simple way to summarize this perspective, and I'm not saying this at all to be provocative, I'm simply stating a fundamental, basic Christian truth, is that when we arrive at Judgment Day, we will be standing not in front of a premier or a prime minister or a president, but in front of the God who created us and all things. And standing in the presence of that God will, I am quite sure, have a way of putting everything in this life in its proper place, in its proper perspective. Now, I know I joke a lot about the fact that I sometimes reference C.S. Lewis, maybe more than I should, um, but I reference him because he has an amazing way of distilling and articulating some of these truths. And um, he actually has a sentence in uh, a famous essay of his called Membership, which gets at this very issue I'm talking about this morning. And it happens to be perhaps the favorite sentence of anything that he ever wrote. In this essay, he's talking and discussing the eternal position that each of us has in the church or in the body of Christ. And he talks about how the place in that eternal body is already there waiting for you to take up your place in it fully and completely and for all eternity. And in that essay, he says this, this sentence, which is perhaps my favorite of all sentences by C.S. Lewis, which I promise you is saying something. Here's what he wrote. As organs in the body of Christ, as stones and pillars in the temple, we are assured of our eternal self-identity and shall live to remember the galaxies as an old tale. We shall live to remember the galaxies as an old tale. That sentence for me puts all of life, not just last week's election, into a kind of bracing and clarifying and galvanizing perspective. Now, do not misunderstand me. 
I am talking about putting things in perspective, which is not the same as saying that this life or the world that we live in, or elections, are unimportant. Please hear that. Please do not go talk to your friends and say, well, the pastor said something about galaxies and tails. Uh, I'm not really sure what he was talking about, but I think his point was that this world and this life does not matter. That is not the Christian teaching, and that is not what I'm saying. Just because this world is provisional and temporary and passing does not mean that it is trivial or insignificant or unimportant. How could it be? God made it, and God loves it, and we should too. Which brings us to a final way this morning that we can put the events of last week into some kind of perspective as it relates to our Christian faith. I want you to consider Jesus' final command to his disciples. He shared this command with them at his last supper. We call that night in the church year Maundy Thursday, which comes from the same root that gives us the word mandate, a word that means command, and it's a word, of course, that we hear routinely around election times. Does anyone remember what Jesus said, what his new mandate or his command was that night? Here it is. A new commandment I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you should love one another. Importantly, you notice that Jesus did not say, a new commandment I give you, that you should agree with each other about all things. Nor did he say, make sure you all belong to the same political party. Nor did he say, as my followers, you must all vote for the same candidate. He said simply, love one another. For as long as there have been Christians, Christians of goodwill have disagreed about how best to live in this fallen, broken world. We have disagreed about how best to structure our political lives, and we have disagreed about who to vote for, and there's nothing wrong with that. But God help us, in spite of those legitimate and even important disagreements, I pray that we may always, always, always take seriously Jesus' command to love one another. It is, in fact, one of the most important ways we witness to the truth of God's love to the world around us. Jesus himself said so. Immediately after giving this new commandment, he said, by this, by your love for one another, everyone will know that you are my disciples. My theme this morning, if it has not been clear already, has been perspective. So a couple of concluding thoughts, simple but important thoughts to put all of this into perspective. First, you are here, as always, to be reminded that the God who made all things and who, please God, you will be with one day for all eternity, loves you. Loves you beyond any ability you have to fully understand or appreciate that love. And nothing that has happened in the last week changes that. Second, don't forget that you are also here to be reminded that as a follower of this God who loves you, you are invited, no, I will say it even more strongly, you are commanded to reflect this God, this love that God has for you by loving one another. And nothing that has happened this past week changes that either. Amen.